Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Chub and Rub. He called this experience, I don't understand what my new job is, and the people I see every day are starting to creep me out. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. I didn't believe Aiden when he told me about the job. 45 an hour, no prior training, and part-time. It was almost a perfect situation for me while I finished up the last of my online college classes. The only problem was that it was in the middle of the woods at a place called the Gentleman's Sorcery Society. We drove out to the specified location only to find roads didn't go out that far. After half an hour of stumbling through the forest as Aiden failed to read Google Maps, we finally spotted something. In the middle of the evergreen stood a gray wooden single-story house with a concrete fence sticking out from either side. That looked out of place in the forest but wasn't particularly strange. What was strange was the massive oak with a treehouse situated within its branches rising behind the concrete fence. As I stared at this unusual architectural construction I also noticed two men standing on either side of the porch. You think that's the Sorcery Society? Aiden said giving a half-hearted wave to the men. Strangely, neither waved back. They continued standing motionless, their backs against the house like sentries. I felt a shiver run up my back. Hello, Aiden said, waving both his hands above his head. The two men remained frozen. Part of me wanted to turn away, and yet I had to know. Why were they standing there like that? Maybe they're like the Queen's Guard or something. Aiden said, I mean, I need to see what's going on. I said walking forward towards the house. Dude, wait. I didn't listen. When something's bothering me, I need certainty. As I approached them, they looked even more off. The way this stood was too stiff with their bodies holding nearly the same position and their heads facing slightly downwards. The only movement was their hair in the wind and their faces. Something was very wrong. These men weren't living people. Oh, God, it. Aiden laughed. They're just mannequins. I let out a sigh of relief. He was right. Two plastic dummies dressed in cargo shorts and gray t-shirts stood backs to the wall of the gray house. Still fucking creepy, but at least they weren't dead. As I examined the porch further, I saw a circle painted to the door with the letters GSS inscribed in the middle of a seven-sided star. There was also a small piece of paper taped below. Job applicants, please go inside. I looked back at the shadowy trees behind us and the stationary mannequins. Hopefully, there would at least be a living person inside the building. Hesitantly, I opened the door and walked inside. We stepped into a small white room free of furnishing with nothing other than a plain wooden desk. And two doors facing us, one labeled locker room and the other labeled maintenance. The humming sound was even louder now, and I could feel a slight vibration on the floor. Hello, anybody? Aiden asked. What's this? I said approaching the desk. On the desk was a single stack of documents in a small wooden box with a paper width slip along the top. I grabbed one of the documents and read it. Job applicants read carefully. A signed agreement and failure to follow rules will result in instant termination from the Gentleman's Sorcery Society and full punishment of the law. 
Please memorize these rules before signing. Rule 1. When you enter this building for work, you will remove your day clothes and put on the provided clothing in the locker room before stepping foot onto the yard. Rule 2. When you are in the yard, you will do as W says and only interact with W. Rule 3. You will leave when W says you are done for the day no earlier or no later. Rule 4. Shower thoroughly before putting your day clothes back on. You will be inspected to see if you are compliant. If you agree to the rules, please sign this document and place it in the wooden box provided. At the bottom of the document was a little space for a signature. This is fucking weird, dude, Aiden said staring at his document. Yeah, I know, I said reading over the rules again. And why is there nobody around? I dunno, maybe it's a test to see if we act responsibly. They probably got hidden cameras watching to see if we steal anything. Not that there was anything to steal. The room was barren besides the desk and the papers. Fuck it, 45 an hour, Aiden said signing. I considered for a moment. The document didn't say anything about our pay. Aiden only knew that from the Craigslist ad. That felt very weird to me like we were being tricked. I also couldn't help but notice that the document didn't seem to have any of the fluff a legally binding document would have. Dude, just sign it. I don't want to work here by myself. I sighed, put my signature, and placed the document in the wooden box. Now what? Aiden said. Guess we go change, I said walking towards the door labeled locker room. The locker room was small and dingy with gray tiles. Three shower heads in the corner, and a meager collection of actual lockers. In the center of the room was a small wooden bench with two white piles laid atop it. After some confusion, Aiden and I realized that the white piles were our work clothes. They consisted of white full-body jumpsuits with white goggles. After removing our clothes and cramming them into lockers, we put on the jumpsuits and goggles. What do you think we're going to be doing? I said looking at the door at the back of the locker room with the word yard written in white block letters. I dunno man, these outfits don't feel very sorcery. Aiden said adjusting the goggles. Maybe we're going to be painting something. All right, let's see if there's anyone out there first. I opened the door and stepped out into the yard. We were in a massive patch of grass surrounded by a concrete fence. At every corner of the concrete fence were massive graded fans blasting air upwards with big metal vents running along the inside of the concrete barrier. Besides grass, the yard was filled with several large blue tarps and woodworking material from large band saws, circular saws, axes, and even a pile of chainsaws. To the left of us was the massive oak tree with a winding rickety staircase leading up into a treehouse. There was also a person descending the treehouse staircase. The man who I presumed was W limped down the steps barefoot. His appearance looked rather ordinary with a full gray beard, thinning gray hair, a gray t-shirt, and a pair of cargo shorts. The only thing that stood out about his appearance was his cane. It was intricately carved of dark gnarled wood and was covered in interlocking patterns with a piece of blue sea glass affixed to the top. Out of everything we had seen the cane was the only thing that looked remotely related to sorcery. A man descended the final steps onto the grass and stood still staring at us intently. Hi, we're here for the job, Aiden said trying to look professional. Are you W? A man gave a curt nod and continued staring at the two of us judging every inch with his eyes. As I stood there awkwardly, I realized he was dressed exactly like the mannequins out front. Hello, Aiden said nervously. W ignored him and instead turned and walked across the yard stopped by one of the large blue tarps and beckoned us over. 
We came hesitantly. As I got closer, I got a better view of the shape of the tarp and saw that rather than covering some uniform pile, it seemed to be covering several smaller, more human-sized piles all stacked atop one another. W crouched down by the tarp and looked up at the two of us. What's under there? I asked, feeling uneasy. What? W spoke for the first time and ripped the tarp back. Underneath were a dozen bundles of muddy sticks all about the same length that I am tall. They were covered in mud, grime, and looked to have been recently pulled from a swamp. They were also wrapped in patterned cords with gray discs depicting warped human faces affixed to the front of each wood bundle. I see. I said, so what are we supposed to do with it? Chop the wood. W said. Anything else? Aiden asked. Just chop wood for now. And so we did. W didn't seem to care how we chopped the wood, so after some weak attempts to hack at the bundles with axes, we quickly changed our approach and started running the bundles under the table saw. Within minutes, we were covered head to toe in the muck, and I was very thankful for the white jumpsuit. As we worked, W paced around the yard, occasionally stopping by to gather up the strange ornamental discs we removed from the bundles. After an hour of work, he disappeared wandering off behind the massive oak tree. What's he doing over there? I asked as I loaded the second-to-last bundle onto the workbench. I dunno, Aiden said wiping muck from his goggles. It's our first day, don't go being all nosy. First day at what? I said in a low voice. What are we even doing? I don't know man's sorcery stuff. Maybe it's a magic ritual. Yeah. I looked down at the pile of chopped bundles beside the workbench. I had expected the wood bundles to fall apart once we removed the cord, but they seemed to hold together surprisingly well. As I stared at the masses of gnarled muddy branches twisting together, I found I felt strangely uneasy. I looked away. After another few minutes of working, W still hadn't returned from behind the tree. It felt strange he had been pacing back and forth for the past few hours. Curiosity getting the better of me, I set down the saw and hesitantly walked in the direction of the massive oak. I could distinctly hear a muffled voice from the other side. Was W talking to himself? I crept around and cautiously peered around the tree, keeping my distance so I wasn't intruding. I saw W with his back turned holding a muddy bag. In front of him was a man wearing a gray suit. This man was much better dressed than W. His suit was perfectly fit and his brown hair was tightly cut framing a distinctly average face. He was speaking to W in a low voice. As I stared at them, he stopped talking and his eyes shot to mine. The words from the document flashed into my memory and I turned my head trying to look nonchalant and picked up a chainsaw. Had I breached the rules, no one was yelling at me and W continued his talk, so I supposed the glare was a warning. Weirded out, I returned to Aiden, and we continued chopping wood. Thankfully, I didn't see anyone else after that incident. W returned to his pacing, and once we finished our final bundle, he led us over to the second part of our bizarre operation, disposing of the wood. There were five large metal trash cans that W had us place the wood in along with bagged gravel. After we filled a trash can up, we would seal the top and move on to the next one. Once we had filled seven trash cans full of wood and gravel, W had us roll them to the area behind the oak tree. It was strange. As we rolled the trash cans along, I thought I could hear something moving through the forest behind the concrete fence. My suspicions were confirmed when W came rushing towards us, fear in his eyes. You need to go now. What? They're here. I should have told you to work faster. You're done for the day. Go back to the locker room. Not needing any more encouragement, the two of us hurried back inside and closed the door. 
We quickly stripped off our muddy jumpsuits and showered. Thankfully, the clothes that we had left in the lockers were still there, and once we were dressed, we headed back to the empty desk room at the front of the building. Only this time, it wasn't empty. When we stepped through the doorway, we saw a man now seated at the desk while the stack of papers and the wooden box was gone. Oh shit, I jumped back. Sorry I wasn't expecting you. The man glared at me. He was dressed the same as the W in the mannequins out front, and he looked me and Aiden over with a judging eye. Turn around, he said coldly. We obliged. He seemed satisfied once we turned back around and gestured towards the door. It was almost pitch black by the time we arrived back at our cars, and I was feeling more than a little weirded out. What the hell was that? Aiden said, keeping his voice low. I feel like we were doing something with a cult. I don't know if I'm going back tomorrow. This shit's too weird. Yeah, dude I. I trailed off. I had been reaching my hand unconsciously into my pocket for my car keys. But I found something else. I pulled out a blank envelope from my pocket. I have one too, Aiden said pulling out a white envelope. I opened the envelope and pulled out $250, 25 more than what I should have been paid given the hours we worked. See you tomorrow then. Aiden laughed. That's how our job started. The following days fell into the same routine. Aiden and I would cut muddy bundles while W paced around the yard. The only other people we saw were the occasional gray-suited visitor and the man who sat by the desk in the evening. The gray-suited men interested me the most. They would always come around sunset. It seemed to be a different man every time. Sometimes there would be two of them, but they would always be wearing a gray suit and purple surgical gloves. Sometimes they would stay and chat with W, while other times they would just take the muddy bag of ornamental discs and leave. At first, I didn't know where they were coming from, but eventually, I spotted a doorway in the concrete fence hidden by the tree. I wondered if the gray-suited men were the people that came after hours W was worried about. We hadn't had any close calls like the first day, but W would always get a little antsy as the hours grew later. I tried to do some research on the Gentleman's Sorcery Society. After hours of trolling through the internet, I found one archived post from 4chan's paranormal board asking about GSS but there were barely any responses. Stranger still, when I clicked the only link provided in the thread, it linked me to a different archive of the same thread. I tried to do an image search on the logo on the door, Aiden said as we finished our shower on the fourth day. Nothing. I can't find anything about this place. Yeah, I haven't found anything else either. Dude, this feels like a criminal organization or something. Do you think we'd get arrested for working with them? Doubt it. We haven't done anything wrong. After we finished getting dressed, we both hurried from the locker room. After standing half-heartedly to let the desk man inspect us, I continued towards the front door. No stop. What? I said jumping back and facing the desk man. His eyes had an energy I had never seen and for the first time, I saw the emotion in his face. Your arm. He said quickly composing himself. You didn't clean it. I raised my right arm and noticed a streak of brown mud running across the outside. I had been in a hurry while showering. Oh, I mean it's just a little mud I've got wet wipes in the car. No, the desk man said his voice monotone. You will go in there right now and shower. I noticed him begin to reach for something behind the desk. Okay, okay. I said, I'll take another shower, don't worry. I'll wait right here for you to be done, Aiden said side-eyeing the desk man. 
I hurried back into the locker room even more weirded out and removed my clothes, beginning a second shower. Why the hell had the desk man been so insistent? Was the mud poisonous or something? Within seconds it had already washed off my body. This place was so weird. I looked over at the doorway to the yard and a reckless idea popped into my head. Leaving the shower running I snuck across the locker room and cracked the door open an inch peering outside. The yard looked the same as we left it, with the fans humming and incandescent bulbs glaring lighting up the trees around the fence. The only difference were the dozens of people moving about. They were dressed in gray suits like the men who talked to W and were carrying the trash bins filled with the broken down branches and gravel out of the hidden doorway behind the tree. Strangely, I could hear almost no voices save for an occasional grunt as a man moved a trash bin. As I peered towards the doorway near the tree, I noticed something else. It was hard to make out, but there seemed to be a larger person amongst the shadows of the trees. As I narrowed my eyes to get a better look, a dark shape appeared right in front of the door. I stifled a scream and closed the door silently and stepped back heart pounding. After deciding no one had seen me I finished my shower and left with Aiden. That night I was sure I saw a car following me. I looped around twice and the bright headlights never vanished. When I got home and looked out the window I could faintly see a gray van parked up on the hill above my house. I barely slept that night. You sure they were following you? My friend asked the next day as we carried the last of the muddy bundles to the bandsaw. Who else would park a gray van above my house in the middle of the night? I said dropping my pile onto the table. The bundles were much smaller than normal today, only about two feet in length. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. But there had been triple the amount, so we were extra busy. Looks like W's got some visitors. My friend said pointing towards the tree. I could see W partially obscured by branches talking to someone. I had to know more about these strange men. Had they been following me? I looked over in the direction of the tree again and hatched a plan. I grabbed a rock off the ground. Eventually, W finished his conversation and returned to his daily routine of pacing the yard. I waited heart pounding for him to pass me by and face away from us. What are you doing? My friend whispered. I smashed the rock against the running table power saw. Sparks and bits of rock flew everywhere and the saw spun to a stop the teeth a mangled mess. W turned around and stared at the wreckage seemingly nonplussed. I don't know what happened. I said, do you have any spare blades? Oh yes, yes, of course let me go get some. W headed towards the stairs leading up to the treehouse. I watched as he ascended. Now was my chance. As soon as he was obscured by the branches of the oak tree, I hurried across the yard towards the hidden doorway. I could hear Aiden hissing behind me, but I didn't listen. Once I reached the doorway, I grabbed the top of the concrete fence and pulled myself up looking over the edge. I saw a well-worn trail leading into the forest. I vaulted over the concrete fence dropping down into the dirt beyond the doorway. I didn't know how much time I had left until W descended again but I was going to find out who these men in gray were. Just as I was beginning to feel the panicky urge to run back, I spotted a clearing ahead. I ran forward and then ducked behind a tree. 
The trail ran down to a small dirt road. I saw a large gray van parked in the middle with voices coming up from it. Was it the same one from last night? It had to be. Who else would park a gray car out in front of my house? I listened in trying to make out what the men were saying, but I was too far away. There were four men out back behind the vehicle talking to someone else inside. There was something strange about the voice coming from the van. As I craned my head out trying to see more, I noticed one of the men stop and glance upwards. I ducked back down behind the tree. Thankfully, the men continued their hushed conversation. At this moment, I realized it was probably time to go. Surely W would notice I was missing. I hurried back down the trail, moving as quietly as possible. As I approached the concrete fence, I noticed something red splattered against it. That was strange. I didn't have time to worry about that, however. And instead, I grabbed a hold of the concrete and vaulted back over. Aiden was standing in the yard covered in mud glaring at me. I attempted to walk over to him as casually as I could muster. Right on time, holy shit, man. He said, pointing up the stairs to the treehouse. W was descending the winding wooden staircase carrying the saw blade. I breathed a sigh of relief. It seemed he hadn't noticed. In fact, it seemed as if he would have a hard time noticing anything at the moment. Going down the stairs seemed to be a real challenge for him. He was struggling to maintain his balance carrying both his staff and the saw blade. As he turned down towards the final stretch, he fell. I yelled as he tumbled forward. Thankfully, he caught himself and came to a stop rather quickly, the saw blade mercifully still clutched in his hand away from his body. His staff, however, flew from his grasp and tumbled onto the ground in front of us. Here, dude, let me get that for you, Aiden said, picking up the staff with a blood-stained arm and handing it back to W. The world suddenly felt unreal. The sickly sweet metallic stench vanished just as I noticed it. I stared down at my arms. The red that covered them flickered back to brown like a dream. Did you smell that? Aiden said now covered in mud again. What just happened? I looked over at W and his staff with the blue sea glass. His knowing eyes met mine. It all made sense now. The uniforms, the showers, the desk man's insistence I cleaned myself the other night. I looked over at the mess of chopped up wood bundles laying on the tarp and the tiny uncut bundles laying atop the table. How many bundles had we cut apart in the past week? How many had we crammed into trash bins weighed down with gravel? I stared at the tiny gnarled wooden shapes, an illusion obscuring the corpses that lay on the table. It was too much. My stomach turned and I vomited all over the grass. W approached me as I sat on my knees in the grass. He kneeled down beside me and whispered in my ear, I'm sorry, they make me do it. I'm so sorry. W dismissed us early that day. Aiden is still confused he doesn't understand why I'm acting so weird. The image of Aiden's arm keeps replaying in my mind, and the tiny bundles. I know I should go to the police, but if they uncover what GSS were doing Aiden and I will be charged along with them. No district is going to believe magic tricked us into doing what we did. Worse still, there's a gray van parked above my house again. I think the GSS know I'm onto them now. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.